morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. In the studio this morning, we have internet sensation officer Greg. We have from Oral Valley, Oral Valley Commander Hicks, and Rich Tracy. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Thank you all for being here. We're going to talk about the SRO program. And I was just wondering, before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Greg, we'll start with you. So, Officer Greg Camara, I'm uh, obviously an Oro Valley police officer assigned to the school resource officer program. I've uh, been in Tucson my whole life, born and raised. Um, You're, that's odd. <laughs> yeah, born and raised in the Tucson area. I am married. I have two adult children. I was a firefighter paramedic for 22 years. Um, and upon retirement, decided I wanted to continue serving. So I came to Oro Valley to become a police officer. And that's about it. And you were voluntold to be? Yes, I was voluntold to be a school resource officer. I was about three years into the department when uh, I was approached and advised that they had an opening at the school resource officer program. And they'd like me to serve in that capacity. Uh, initially a little resistant, but understood that it would be something that department needed. And I don't want to ever leave it now. Awesome. Commander, tell us about you. Um, I've taken a similar route to Greg. I've been uh, in the Oro Valley area for quite a while. I came out to Arizona in 1983 okay. and uh, became a uh, went to CDO High School, so I'm an Oro Valley kid as far as that goes. And then I started with Oro Valley Police Department in 1992. Okay. And, uh, during that time, I spent five years as a school resource officer. Uh, currently, I'm the support services commander, which incorporates the school resource officer unit as well. And similarly to Greg, uh, it was one of those assignments that I was asked to do, even though it wasn't something I was looking to do. And uh, one of the things I told Greg is, once you start doing it, you're going to find out that you really, really like this job. It is one of those very rewarding positions that you can have in law enforcement. So how many resource officers do you have? We have uh, six uh, police officers and then a sergeant uh, that oversees the unit, so seven for the unit total. And who oversees the sergeant? Uh, we have a lieutenant that oversees what we call our community services unit, which incorporates the school resource officers as well as our uh, just community outreach. And that's a big part of what we do in Oro Valley. And that's why the SRO unit is so important is it's just a offshoot of what we're trying to do as an agency as a whole. We're trying to reach out to the community. We're part of the community. It's not just an is issue where we're enforcing laws in the schools. That's really a small portion of what we do. If you, you don't have parents. a hall pass, you better get back in the classroom. You yeah, don't that's, do that. that's not the big part of what we do. <laughs> we're parents. We have kids in the schools. We're part of the community. And that's really what the SRO unit is all about. It's just being another part of the school community uh, for the kids and being that resource for everybody. So you said, uh, Officer Greg, you said you were a firefighter. You went through that training. How does that difference from police training? Is it like the same amount of time? Do they come after you and make you do things that you wish you hadn't had to do? Like run? Well, obviously, the, the academies are very similar when it comes to uh, becoming a firefighter or becoming a police officer. Um, not a lot of not a lot of being forced to do things within the fire department and really not in law enforcement either. There's not a lot of force to be doing things. It was more of an ask us. <laughs> it was more of a, a gentle, hey, would you like to do this? Would you really like to do this? In other words, I'm going to be really polite and give you an order. <laughs> You're doing this. 
So do you have special training to be a school resource officer? So what all school resource officers have the opportunity to do, I just recently had the opportunity to do, is there's a national conference for the National School Resource Officers Association, and they provide uh, training of what a school, what, what the expectations are a school resource officer. A lot of it I'd already received speaking with the other school resource officers, the commanders and everybody were able to inform me, all right, this is our role. Here's how we interact with the students. Here's what our role is in the school. Okay, tell us what that role is. So the role in the school for a school resource officer really comes down to three different things. And we call it the triad. And the triad is we are at the school to be one, a law enforcement officer. Well, yes, we're there to make sure that, you know, that the children are safe, that the community is safe. We're also there as a mentor, or sometimes called an informal counselor. We're there to listen and to understand the students' needs, the staff's needs, the school district's needs, and be able to be a resource for them in that side, and be able to mentor them and help them understand the different things they can do. And lastly, we're also there to be an educator. We have the opportunity to get in the classroom. We have the opportunity to get in and teach the students um, to work with the staff as well, to teach them uh, critical concepts they need to understand as staff members when it comes to different events such as active shooter events, emergency evacuation drills, things like that. So we're able to get in the classroom and teach. But, you know, I think I would say 90% of the time, the mentor role is the biggest one that I fulfill at the school, is really just working with the staff and the kids and mentoring and and letting them know that, hey, Officer Greg is just like their parents, just like their family members. I'm just another member of their community and I'm there to help them. So do you have kids that come up to you and, and want to talk to you one-on-one? -on -one? Oh, all the time. Um, ever since I started my series, it's the minute I walk out on campus, they're screaming, hey, Officer Greg. Let's talk about that because the <clears throat> pandemic kind of put a, a damper on what was going on. So how did you overcome the pandemic limitations well it's very interesting because i was actually put in this position right as the pandemic was starting oh. so <laughs> i was assigned as a school resource officer and a lot of the schools or actually all the schools were basically on remote they had some on-campus students because there was essential workers that had to send their kids to school yeah. so every school had a limited number of on-campus students but the department decided because uh really patrol needed assistance and there weren't a lot of students they assigned the majority of school resource officers uh, went back to patrol. Okay. Um, but I was the new school resource officer, and they're like, hey, no better way to learn it than uh, jumping into the fire. <laughs> so <laughs> I was actually assigned to all the schools within the town of Ore Valley, uh, except for the high schools. The sergeant covered those. But uh, so I got to go to every school to try and meet students at every school and see what the needs of the schools were with their on-campus students. But that brings me to how do I reach out to all these students that are at home? Um, I had the opportunity, another one of our school resource officer, Officer Lopez, she told me, she'd mentioned one of our meetings. She said, well, you know, I wasn't able to really, I usually get in the classrooms, but I decided to record a YouTube video of me reading a book. And that way they could watch me reading a book. And that just sparked something in my mind. It reminded me when I worked at the fire department, uh, he was captain at the time of the PIO for the fire department, Tucson Fire Department, Barrett Baker. He had done a series uh, on K-Gun 9 in regards to um, safety messages and things like that. So I blended that with the YouTube and decided, you know what, I can reach these students by doing videos. And I thought, well, kids nowadays, they love getting on TikTok, they love getting on YouTube, and they spend hours in front of their devices watching videos. If I can connect with them that way and get them to watch safety messages and maybe make them a little fun, maybe you know, make a fool of myself occasionally, but by doing it, they get interested and they learn the information. They're learning. Exactly. 
So tell us about some of these videos. What have you done? What did, what did you do that was over the top and your wife just shook her head? Uh, just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. So because it was during the pandemic, I wasn't. I wanted to be able to involve the students, but I couldn't. Right. Um, we had, everyone's wearing masks. It makes it very hard. So what I ended up doing is I told my family, hey, you're all voluntold <laughs> that you're going to assist me. So my It adult, rolls downhill. <laughs> exactly. So my adult children, um, I said, hey, can you guys do me a favor? And as I do these safety messages, can you act as kids? And that way, because we, we're in the same household, we can just do it without masks and, and we can do different things. So that's what I ended up doing is recruiting my family. And so we're up to, I think, 23 or 24 episodes now that I've done. Um, I tried to release one a week. Um, but we've done everything from Internet safety. Um, that's one of the ones that my wife shook her head at because what happened is I told my son, well, we're going to practice like if you're a child and you're losing your device because you didn't do your chores or something because parents can have the ability to control devices. Right. So he's sitting on the ground, you know, on his phone, and I video me taking his device away, and then he throws a temper tantrum. <laughs> like a two-year-old flopping on the ground, throwing <laughs> pillows, and just, and it's hilarious because you're talking a 21-year-old guy <laughs> acting like a two-year-old. Um, the kids loved that. They thought it was hilarious. I uh, also did a, one that I did because we'd see the kids come to school and their backpacks are way too large. I saw that one. I thought, oh, thank God somebody's teaching these kids how to wear a backpack. Yeah, and putting the backpack on correctly. And they'd get out of the cars and they'd fall down because their backpack would pull them over. To me, now it's become a safety issue. I don't want a kid getting hurt because their backpack's too big or too heavy, too many books. So I did a video specifically about that. But to make it fun, I decided to take the kids' backpacks that were there on, on campus supervision. And I uh, chose each backpack and I looked at what's the personality of this backpack. And I did a little dance with music with it. Um, <laughs> again, my wife shook her head because... Here's a guy in a police uniform putting on a little kid's backpack, singing Let It Go with the, uh, the Elsa backpack, you know? Let it go. But again, the kids loved it. And it, it was one of the most watched videos because they thought it was so hilarious. You know, the kids, they have so many books that they have to have. And it seems like the, the weight on their body. I ended up buying two sets of books. Here's your home set and here's your school set so you're not throwing your back out so what's interesting is i believe amphi now does that um a lot of our students have a set of books for the classroom and they have a set of books that they take home so they yeah so you're ruining their backs and especially when they don't know how to adjust a backpack correctly and most parents don't know how to wear it either so yeah and so a lot of the a lot of the other school districts are going to electronic books too so at least now they're just using like a tablet or a computer so now everything's on that so that's really reduced the weight too yeah, and saving the trees. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. So how long have you been a school resource officer? Like two years, three years? So I'm working on my second school year now. So we just started my second school year. So just over a year. And everybody knows you. Well, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it This really took off. I thought it was just going to be, I, I keep the links private. So you can't find it on YouTube unless you have the links. And that's to protect the school, the privacy of the students, the privacy yeah. of the people that are in it. But it, it's interesting because the minute um, those videos started, next thing you know, like I said, I walk across campus, every kid knows my name. And I'm still learning a lot of their names. Yeah. But every kid sees me and comes running up and, hey, Officer Greg. And I have kids that come, will will confide in me things that they won't even tell their teacher. Yeah. 
And it's it's really it's neat important. because to build that relationship and then I'm able to, you know, give them the resources or I can work with them to go talk to their teacher or go talk to the principal. Or be with them when they're they're doing that? Absolutely, yes. That's exactly what I do. I'm there as their 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 mentor. I'm their there support. to help them. Yep. That's awesome. So when you were on SO, what do you call it? SRO. 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 <laughs> I know I left a letter. So how did it work for you? Because you're going back a little bit. How did it work out for you? Right. Uh, I, when I was doing it, it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but the, the great thing about our program that we do um, is there is so much that's really dependent on just the, the officer and their personality and what they want to do. We, we have a lot of freedom um, that we allow. For example, I would have never danced on uh, video oh, regardless of the you situation. You were dancing just before the show no, started. No, no, not a bit. <laughs> but that's the great thing about Greg and in, in, in just his uh, unique personality and in just uh, uh, the different things he brings to the table. Um, I was working in the high school setting, so it's a little bit different than that what you do. Um, and when I was uh, a school resource officer, we were be able, able to get into the classes a lot more than we are right now. Uh, with curriculum changes and different things like that within the school districts at the state level, it's much more difficult for a police officer to get in and teach classes, um, uh, driver's ed is no longer in the school. So I spent a lot of time in driver's ed classes talking about driver safety, uh, DUI, um, different types of things like that, health. Uh, we'd spend a lot of time talking about the dangers of drugs and different things like that with the kids that we really don't have that opportunity. So we're really dependent on the teachers in the classrooms now uh, for getting in there. So government classes, for example, that's something that we really encourage, especially the, the junior high and high school levels to get in, involved with the teachers. So to give that real life experience for the kids so they can ask, you know, questions of how, how does this government, this, these amendments and different things like that apply to real life? You know, yeah, they affect all of us. Exactly. And, and they really do. And so having somebody like a school resource officer that can come and talk about real life situations and have real conversations with the kids and, and get real down and honest with them about that type of stuff. That's one of the big things that we would do. And we're still doing. It's just much more difficult now. And there's obviously decades difference between when you were an officer there and you. So are the problems the same? Are the issues the same? Or have you seen them evolve? What's what's the main thing? Yeah, life evolves, but we're all the same. We're all we're all kids at one time. We're all growing up and going through the the different changes in life that you have to as you go through school. Um, yeah, maybe the technology and what's going on in the world is a little different, but the problems are all the same. You know, yeah. you want to be accepted, and how you you want to know what you're doing in life as a kid, and and how I'm how am I going to get into that adult life. In, in do am I accepted by my peers? Am I finding something worth value? And that's still going on today. And that's one of those things that our school resource officers are really there to help bridge the gap um, for those that are having struggles. You know, the home struggles are a little different now, yeah. maybe a little bit more serious than they used to be, um, but they were still there. I mean, when we think back to our, our growing up in the 60s and 70s, you know, it, it, there was life problems, there was family problems still going on. Um, it's just so many more opportunities for those problems to be occurring in the family. Do you find that the parents don't necessarily know what's going on in the child's life and what dangers are are there? I remember <clears throat> I was I worked 40 hours a week when I was in in high school. Actually left home at 16 and paid for my tuition cuz it was a private school. But I remember going home one day and telling my mother I was mad. 
So somebody invited me to what they called a pot party back then. And I thought for them to think I would do that, I was upset. And she's going, oh, no, you should go. I'll make you a pie or something. You can take it. She thought it was like a potluck. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you don't know what's going on. Do you find that parents sometimes really don't have a real grasp on what's going on in their kid's life? I'll be honest with you. I, I think that's very rare these days. And the reason I think it's rare is the parents have really good communication with me. Um, a lot of the parents will come up to me when they're doing drop-off or pickup, or they'll call me in my office, and they'll ask me different things. So they have a lot of good communication. We also have the opportunity, the Parent Teacher Association, they, they'll invite us so we can come and cover topics with them and actually discuss the different trends that we're seeing. Educate them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. One of the things we're working on right now, obviously a big problem with our kids nowadays is vaping. And we're working on a thing right now in regards to vaping, talking about the the health effects, talking about the reasons that they shouldn't be doing it. And so we're working on that, and we're going to be working with the parents and with the kids in regards to that. So we're constantly looking for those trends, and then we try not only educate the students, but we educate the parents, the teachers, the whole staff. And that's one of those awesome responsibilities that we have as the as the school resource officer is we're able to bridge those gaps and to be able to help the parents understand what is going on in the kids lives and they their kid may be just fine but if they have an understanding when they have sleepovers or they have friends come over they're able to provide that positive influence to those kids that maybe don't have it at home on their own that's so true so true sharing information and greg makes a great point right there because you ask about some of the big differences and that's one of the real big differences back when i was doing this job um, you didn't spend a lot of time with the uh, the parents that education the teacher portion of the triad concept is far more about teaching the parents nowadays Uh, we'd have uh, teacher parent conferences back in the late 90s and you'd have maybe five parents show up that's not the case anymore yeah, yep. that's, it's so important to be educated, and that's what we're about. We want everybody to know what's going on so you can stay safe, keep your neighbors safe, and keep your kids safe. That's so important. So do you find, what what is the difference between, you know, the grade school, I guess you call it middle school here, and high school? What the concerns are? What are the differences? Well, really, as the school resource officer, as the commander already mentioned, you really have to adapt according to your audience, right? Right. So me, with the the primary school or the elementary school, it's really about the connections and giving them those safety messages, helping them understand and prepping them for future things in life. When you get to middle school... um, Middle school is a, a tough place to be as a school resource officer because these are kids that are really sometimes challenging, right? Because yeah. they're starting to grow into their own. They're starting to become more more independent and, and stronger-willed. Um, those of us who are parents totally understand that. And so it really helps to have that good mentoring experience with them at that time. And then you get into high school, and now they're even more independent, and they're they're starting to use the concepts in their brain. They're starting to understand exactly where they want to go, what they want to do in life. So as a school resource officer, you have to adapt to each area where you're at. So what I use for the elementary school definitely is totally different than what you're going to use for the high school. And each school resource officer is able to adapt according to their audience, according to where they're at. And sometimes they adapt in the middle. Sometimes you have to adapt according to the students you're dealing with. Right, because everybody learns at a different level. Absolutely, in a different style. way. Exactly. So... Rich? Uh, You just alluded to the answer to the question I had is how does your experience as a parent and instincts as a parent 
assist in your duties as a school resource officer applying the concepts of the triad and just conducting your daily duties? Well, I, I wish I had uh, been a school resource officer before I became a parent because I probably would have done a lot better with my children, <laughs> had a lot more patience and understanding. It was an experiment. Yeah, it was, but it, it really did guide me a lot. Now, here's the other thing, though. I can't use all my experience as a parent because everyone has different parenting styles. Um, some people are more authoritarian with their children. Some people are more, uh, you know, free range is what they call it these days, where your kid can basically do what they want and they get to learn that way. And sometimes they learn by touching the hot pan versus you telling them, don't touch the hot pan. Um, but <laughs> but using, using my parenting experience, it, what it's helped me do is I can try different things. And through the training I've had through through the department and also my life experience. I think a lot of the time as a firefighter that I spent, I learned to be more compassionate. Um, it helps me with my patience, especially when you're dealing with younger children that, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with a young child that's throwing a temper tantrum, being rational with them just doesn't help. Sometimes it's just patience and understanding and letting them get through it, and then you can work with them after that. So a lot of my parenting things, I guess a lot of things I learned as a parent has helped me, but I also have to understand that everyone parents differently, and we have to be really understanding of the different people, the way they want to raise their children. That's that's up to them how they'd like to raise their children. Yeah, I mean, parents are the primary educators of their children. I mean, that's kind of a basic uh, basic tenet. Absolutely. It's the way it should be, right? Right. Uh, you learn most of those important lessons at home, and we supplement at the school. The idea is the school, we supplement, we improve, we help you understand more so you can understand those concepts, and then take everything you've learned and bring it together. And that is really one of the things that we want to do at the, uh, at the schools is we want to partner with parents and help them get through these struggles with their kids as well. We want to be the, a resource just as much to the parent as we are to a student. In fact, if I can share an experience with one parent that I just had recently, we have a young man that's been having a little bit of trouble at school in regards to just different things at school. Um, I don't want to share too much, but uh, the father came to me one day. He called the office and said, hey, Greg, I, I really just want to talk to you. And he came. We probably spoke for about 20, 30 minutes. And more than anything, I think he was venting about his frustrations. But in that discussion, we were able to talk about different strategies and ways that we could help his child. And since that meeting, uh, we've had no episodes. We've had this child is starting to adapt and understand where they need to be within the school. They're starting to be, you know, taken into the school environment and really start to enjoy school, where before it was a struggle for them. And so just that time I was able to spend. Now, I don't want to take full credit for that because I spent, you know, that little bit of time talking with him. But then I was able to say, hey, you really need to work with the principal. You need to work with the different people at the school, the teacher. And then they had a conference and they were able to come up with a great plan. And now the student is being extremely successful all within a few days just because the parent came to me and said, I'm frustrated. What can we do? That's awesome. That's awesome. Parents need a resource, too. Right. So exactly. you're acting as their resource. And was it last week or the week before we were talking about uh, I was interviewing a radio show host from Florida and I said what what words of wisdom before we go off air what words of wisdom do you have for people who are thinking about becoming military or law enforcement and he said find somebody to talk to have somebody outside of the family and outside of work to talk to and it be your best friend you know, to move forward without going crazy, pulling your hair out. Okay. And that's who we want to be as school resource officers. We want to be that mentor, that person outside that gives them an outside look.
Exactly. And sometimes you need that outside look. Yep. You know, you're looking at something, sometimes you get tunnel vision and you need a different perspective. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break right now and we'll be back in a few. This is Amy, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. Before you head out, turn your location app on in your smartphone, then power that phone off until you need it. And in emergency, you will need a fully charged phone. It's Mark from Law Matters, and I'm asking you to join us in our 1030 campaign. 1030 is code for unnecessary use of radio. Keep our radio show free from unnecessary advertising by visiting lawmatters1030.org and click the 1030 campaign button. Your monthly tax-deductible donation of $10.30 will allow us to broadcast public service announcements instead of advertisements. Visit lawmatters1030.org and sign up today. This is Deputy Chuke with Pima County Search and Rescue, reminding you that if you bring it in, take it out when you go. This includes dirty diapers. Littering is a criminal finable act, as well as a crime against nature. Daylight is fading and the temperature is dropping. You're not only cold, hungry, and lost in a densely wooded area, you're injured. Time is of the essence. SARSI is a highly trained team of dedicated volunteers who work closely with Pima County Search and Rescue to help people in critical situations just like this. To join an exclusive team of heroes, go to sarci.org. That's S-A-R-C-I dot org. We need your knowledge, experience, and of course, your generous spirit. Hi, this is Rich asking you to tune into Law Matters Live show. Next Saturday, ATF retired Special Agent Mark Russin talks about his career. We can't do these shows without your help. Please go to lawmatters1030.org to make a tax-deductible contribution to support the mission of opening the lines of communication between law enforcement and you. Law Matters airs every Saturday morning at 8, and our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. This is John, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. Planning a day hike? Start hydrating a few days ahead, bring plenty of water, sunscreen, a first aid kit, and proper clothing. It's the smart thing to do. Thanks for staying with us. In the studio, we have Officer Greg, Commander Hicks, and Rich Tracy from Law Matters. And let's talk about some of these videos you've done because they are really having an impact, and I think it's awesome. Maybe you can inspire some of our listeners to do the same. All right, so I'll just go through some of the subjects that I've covered, just a few of them. Like I said, I'm looking here at my list. I'm actually up to 24 episodes as of this week. I released a new episode that was all about dogs and dog training, which is interesting because why would a law enforcement officer release a video about dogs and dog training? Well, the students came to me with that idea. A oh. number. Of, I actually had three students approach me and say, hey, because I had one of the videos where my dog was in it running with me because I did one on the Milers Club where we, we were, and I was running with my dog for our Milers Club. And they saw how well she was healing and how well she was trained. So they're like, well, how did you do that? Can you teach us how to train a dog? I'm like, well, I'm not a dog trainer, but I can give you some ideas. So the kids come to me with ideas as well for videos. But some of the videos I've done, for example, real simple ones I've done, I talk about the evolution of a traffic stop. So I actually filmed a traffic stop pulling over one of my children uh, in the car and I showed how it goes. So that way when they're in the car with their parents and they're involved in a traffic stop, they know how to behave. They know how to behave and they also know that they don't need to be scared. Yeah. I explained in that video how a law enforcement officer is just like them, just doing a job, just like their teacher teaches, a law enforcement officer enforces the law. So they don't need to be scared during a traffic stop. Um, I also did one on when to call 911 and talked about the different times that it's appropriate to use 911. 
already mentioned the milers club the backpack safety i did one talking specifically about pedestrian safety uh, we got a lot of the students that walk home because they live right by the school yeah. so i wanted to talk about okay what are the appropriate things how do you cross the the crosswalk you know um, where are you supposed to walk? Can you walk on the roadway or not? And talked about the laws, but also, you know, is there uh, an adult that you don't know that's approaching you and how do you get away or what should you do in that situation? Um, some of my favorite videos they've done, I did one on selflessness. Uh, we're always talking about be kind in schools and be nice. And I thought if I can teach these kids what selflessness truly is about worrying about others before yourself and how that brings you more joy, um, I did one on bullying, talked one about school bus safety, about, you know, how to ride the bus. Did you get on the bus? Yes. So I actually had one of the bus drivers help me and I'm on the bus and, and we did, uh, I showed inappropriate actions on the bus as well, as well as appropriate actions. Okay. What's like inappropriate on a bus? What's inappropriate? Yeah. Standing up, not wearing your seatbelt, leaning out the window, all those fun stuff. Putting your feet on the seat in front of Putting you. The seat, yeah, or kicking the seat in front of you. All the things that the kids sometimes do because they don't realize it's inappropriate until you teach them. Right. So um, I talked about dog safety. I did one on poison control. Um, so I, Another thing about these videos is I don't just release them to the students. The teachers also are able to release them to the parents. And my hope is that the parents watch the videos with the students and then they're able to have a discussion at home. Yeah, they learn from it. Remember we talked about how parents are the true teachers for their yeah. family? Well, this gives them a tool. And that's all this is, is a tool for them to be able to watch a video. If they're worried about their child walking home from school, they can watch pedestrian safety with them. Uh, and open the conversation. Exactly. Uh, another episode that I'm really proud of was the self-esteem episode. And this one, I had one of our staff members brought her uh, high school daughters in with her. And I did an interview with each of them. And... In that interview, I asked each of them to talk about the self-thoughts that they had. And with those self-thoughts, you know, what did they think about themselves? And we know how teenage teenagers are at times. They're very harsh on themselves. And then I brought the, their sisters, and I brought them together, and I said, all right, I want you to read your self-thoughts, but I want you to read it to your sister like you're talking about her. And, of course, they don't want to do that because they're not going to talk bad about their sister. Right. And then we discuss about, okay, self-esteem and how we really need to understand. And then we had, at the same time, Adam writes thoughts about their sister. And then they shared those thoughts about each other as sisters. And you could also see the tears well up in their eyes as their sisters uh -huh. reading what they thought of each other. It was just, it's a really powerful episode. And I think it really will help the kids understand that, you know what, what you see of yourself is not what others see of you and how yeah. wonderful you are. So true. How about bullying? Oh, yep. I have an episode specifically about bullying and we cover that. And, um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of that in our school. That's good. Uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's through the efforts of the school district as well as, uh, you know, maybe the video, but also the way that we interact with the kids and the way we, the positive reinforcement we give, I think that they understand that, you know, let's be positive with each other. And that goes to that selflessness video as well. It sounds to me like, and this wasn't the case when I was growing up, it sounds to me like you approach these kids and the parents and everybody as equals. Absolutely, because we are. Yeah, well, you didn't go to Catholic school. No, I did not. <laughs> you didn't get chased down by a nun. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, I think that's critical as a law enforcement officer. When I, when I sit, and I say it in a number of my videos, I say, hey, I'm a father, I'm a brother, you know, I'm I'm just like your uncle. I'm just like your father. I'm just like people that you know. I'm no different than you. We need to work together and help each other to get through everything that we're going through. Takes a village. It does. It absolutely does. So 
How do you, do you have the students work on these videos with you? So for the first year, it was real hard. Like I said, right, I had to use my family, yourself. right? But yes, so right now, I actually have a contest going in the school uh, for all the school. Every class is writing questions to ask the police chief, to ask uh, Chief Riley. Uh, so they're each submitting questions to their teacher, and each class gets narrowed down to one question. And the student that got the question will get to ask the police chief whatever they want. And Chief Riley has graciously said she will answer all of my elementary school questions. <laughs> so it's about, say. I think it's going to be about 10 to 12 questions. I think it's how many classes. Maybe we have 15 classes. I'm not positive. But so she's going to, I'm going to record the students asking the questions, and then the chief will record her answers to all the students so they can see the answers to all their questions. That's awesome. So that's one that's... thing that I've got going, but the students get involved. I have students coming all the time. Officer Greg, when can I be in your video? That's awesome. And how about posters? Do you have a contest where they can design a poster? I haven't done that yet. I know there's another school resource officer that she does something like that at her school. Oh, really? But I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. I'm still trying to catch up from everything else I'm working on. Oh. <laughs> and that's one of those things that we talk about. Each officer brings their own kind of uh, ideas and experiences and to the table. So at, at the Innovation Academy for Amphi up in Oral Valley, Andrea Kina, one of our uh, SROs up there started that poster uh, contest and uh, it's just one of those really neat and creative ways to get the uh, students involved with the police department and vice versa and the chief of police can come out and uh, is one of the uh, judges for the poster contest and then that person that kind of wins that contest their poster will get framed we've uh, hung them up in our main station before and just different things like that and just kind of creates that uh, community with the students. That's awesome. I think that's amazing. And you can get the creative energy out of the kids. What type of posters, have you seen any of them? I have not seen this year's. Okay. Um, we've done uh, art projects. So uh, the way she kind of started it, this year it's an art uh, poster project. So we haven't seen what's going to go on there. Um, so there's not a general theme. You can do whatever you want. This year, correct. Okay. Um, in the past, she has had themes, like she's had an anti-bullying um, type of artwork, I believe, is one of the ones that she's she did. And prior to uh, COVID, uh, we actually had a uh, um, display that she set up at Ventana Medical uh, Research Facility in their public space and allowed the mayor, council members, the chief of police, and command staff to come through and, and vote on those art projects. Um, and that was, like I said, an anti-bullying uh, theme. And it's amazing some of the art these kids can do. It really is. It'll be interesting now that they have a free reign to do whatever topic because you'll find out what's on their mind. Exactly. Yeah, so, so that'll be fun so to see what we do this year. And that might lead you to a, a new video. It, and it's interesting because if, if what happens is, as the commander already mentioned, every school resource officer really personalizes for their school. Um, I kind of found this video niche. But another thing that happened is Officer Lopez, as I mentioned earlier, I, another idea is what happens this summer, we decided all the MFI schools did summer school because the, the pandemic, they wanted to help the students. And so during that summer school, Officer Lopez, she's always done a junior police officers club at her school. It's another great program that she'll bring in the kids from first grade going into second grade and teaches them safety messages. A lot of them I cover in my videos, but it's actually in a group setting and they do projects and things like that. And so she called me, she goes, hey, during the summer school, since we're gonna have kids on campus, 
why don't we right after summer school we can do a junior police officers club at your school and then she took her normal junior police officer club that she does and she she basically loaned it to my school and she came and, and helped me run it because it would be my first time and then she went to other schools too so she opened it up for the whole district that summer in the town of War Valley and said hey let's run a week at each different elementary school and do this junior police officers club so d- tell me what that means junior police officer so what it is it's a club after school hours so for we did an hour after the summer school where we'd actually meet with the kids we'd go through and cover safety messages such as you know stranger danger or talk about you know just the different things when it comes to the same safety messages when to use 911 you know do you guys already have your address and phone number memorized um, do you you'd be amazed how many people don't exactly it's it's astonishing our smartphones have not made us smart (laughs) no they've dumbed us down and and a lot of these kids already have phones too so they just use them for that information but so we'd actually have coloring projects where they'd actually color a picture and then on it it would have if you're dialing 911 here's my address here's my phone number and if they didn't know it they'd go home and their parents would help them to complete that and they could put it by the phone so now if there's an emergency when they're home and their parents aren't there or something they now have that information right there so that's what we did in the junior police officers club and at the end they get a certificate they get a little badge that says that they're a junior police officer and that they've learned these safety concepts i still have my dick tracy badge what are you laughing at anyway <laughs> it's going back a little bit so how are you going to move forward in this school year now that you've got all these kids is it kind of a scary thing to be responsible for all of them how many kids do you have we're around 300-something kids right now. Our wow. enrollment's actually a little bit low at our school. I thought that was a lot. No, they've, <laughs> they've been up to much higher than that. But, uh, um, well, I'm not scared. I, no, I really not. enjoy the opportunity to have my kids there, that they're now back on campus. Can you, when you, you get to know all these kids, can you tell which ones are the troublemakers and which ones are the good kids? Well, none of them are troublemakers. Maybe no, they, they get in a little bit. You didn't know of, you me know. when I was in school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mischief makers. There we go. Mischief I'm okay with. Some kids will, yes, there are there are some kids that I get to know a little bit better by name because they maybe they get in a little <laughs> mischief. But a lot of it is just that mentoring and helping them understand what they're doing. Um, I really revel in the opportunity to be at the school and get to know my kids. And I call my kids because I actually had one of the teachers the other day, the kindergartners were coming to, to leave for the day. And one of them said something to me and I said, no, you're my kids. They're like, no, I've got a mommy and daddy. I said, no, but while you're at school, I'm, I'm, I'm your parent just the same. I am as responsible for you as your parents. Yeah. I truly care for these kids like they're my own kids. And I call them my kids because they are my kids. And I am there if something were to happen and I... I would have to take care of it because I've got to take care of my family, which the school is my family. Okay. I know they do fire drills. Mm -hmm. Do they do active shooter drills? So we call them lockdown drills. Okay. So lockdowns though, you got to understand. In fact, I'm working on a video right now for that. I just did the emergency evacuation or fire drill video. Um, So that way the principal actually asked me to do videos on both of those because we just started a new school year and some of the new kids didn't understand how we do that. But the lockdown drills are used not just for like an active shooter, but it's also used, let's say there's an emergency in the community nearby. We're going to lock down the school and we want to keep the kids safe. What if the fire department needs to use our playground area or field area to land a medical helicopter and a medical emergency so we're going to have to lock down the school because we can't have kids out and running around right so there's or one of the big ones we have at pain the sky believe it or not is animals on campus 
What? We have to lock down the school very regularly for javelina that crawl under the playgrounds. We get <laughs> bobcat that walks along the wall. So we have animals come on that we have to then lock down the school so then we can get those animals off campus to make sure the kids are going to be safe. So how do you do that? How do we do kitty, that? Kitty, kitty. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, what's nice is animals, they're, they're wild animals. They they have their normal habits. The javelina are the hard ones. So oh. They like to come on campus and eat off the grass. And so a lot of times, you know, we'll just get out there and I'll just kind of walk towards them and just kind of, you know, Use my experiences uh, when I was uh, used to be we used to hunt the javelina of how to scare them so they'd run away and I get them to run off campus. Oh, cool! What about the Explorer Club? Uh, we we now call them the Cadets. So okay. we we uh, have switched programs, but it's a really neat program um, that is actually for kids that are 14 years old up till they're 21 years old, and the Cadet program is basically a. It's basically a group of kids that come to learn more about public safety. So we teach them through, uh, during the summer, a lot of times we'll have what we call a mini academy, where they actually kind of go through like an academy experience through a police academy experience. But the cadets expanded. We don't just cover law enforcement. We also cover uh, all public safety. So it comes to fire department. We cover nursing. We cover all those different types of fields. That you teach serve them CPR public. and stuff like that? Yep. We teach them CPR. We teach them... Uh, all sorts of the same first aid stuff that we do with our individual first aid kits, how that works. We teach them everything. We teach them how to handcuff. We teach them how to clear a house if they're uh, looking, trying to find a bad guy in a house. We teach them a lot of the stuff that law enforcement learns. Defensive driving? We haven't done that yet. <laughs> I just thought we I'd We do ask. talk about that. <laughs> um, there are programs already out there, and a lot of times we're referring to those programs to learn how to drive appropriately, but we haven't done that ourselves yet. That would be interesting. If we went to, a couple of us went to the Border Patrol Citizens Academy and they let us drive the car and play with the lights and the sirens and it was kind of cool. Yeah, in Ore so, Valley, we also have a Citizens Academy that uh, actually I think they've got two coming up here real soon. Um, but our Citizens Academies are very well attended and they're a lot of fun and a lot, very educational for the community. Um, a lot of people go to that Citizens Academy and at the end of it, they're like, I had no clue everything that the law enforcement officers have to do and all the different branches and areas that you have to work in. Yeah, people just really don't get the the depth and the everything that you guys do. It's just amazing. And you've been doing it for a long time. Well, you kind of singled me out on that yeah, one. Greg no. and I are roughly the same age. I just want to point that out. He looks like he's in high school. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> and Rich, didn't your son go to the Explorers Academy? He did. My, my son was an explorer in Oro Valley from 2015 and during his high school years from 2015 to 2019 and uh, thoroughly enjoyed the program. And, and I thought it, 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 it taught him intangible skills, not just all the things that Officer Greg mentioned, but I think it helped form him as a young adult and gave him some self-confidence and and you know gave him some some abilities on how he carries himself and presents himself and leadership communicates skills. and yeah exactly i i think the benefits of that program are longer lasting than just learning what uh you know learning what law enforcement officers do and i think the reason i only mentioned those things are because those are the fun exciting things that kids like to they're like oh i'm gonna get to learn how to clear a building i'm gonna get to learn how to handcuff but some of the latest classes that we've actually held, we held a, a, a class that was specifically on how to write a resume. We brought in one of our administrative staff that writes or that helps review resumes, and the cadets actually after that class said, "Man, 
this is one of those great life skills that we're going to be able to use because now I can go start working on my resume and get a resume so when I apply for jobs. We do interviewing classes. So we're preparing them to be able to go to sit for job interviews, not just for if they want to be a police officer, firefighter, or public safety. Any job. But any job, just to be able to interview appropriately. We teach leadership um, we had uh, one of our lieutenants, Lieutenant Gracie, came in and he taught to our leader cadets how to be a true servant leader and talked about servant leadership and what that is and how you should represent yourself as a leader. So it's not just the fun stuff that we do as law enforcement, but we're teaching them life skills. Um, the chief had come in and, and Chief Riley had done a really great uh, class with the group talking about uh, moral integrity and how to be good moral individuals. So then after that, we followed that up with another class about being a moral individual and about integrity, and we had a good discussion on it. And this was during the pandemic, so we had to do it over Zoom. But it was really neat to see that we're now teaching these kids, these these teenagers, principles that, yes, we know they probably have learned, but now we're teaching it from our side to say, hey, look, this is really what you need to do for your life skills and what you really need to do to be a productive member of society, a good individual. Most of them, I'd say all of them are already doing it, but we're just reinforcing that. Yeah, because if, you know, you're talking about the moral part of it, just because nobody's looking doesn't mean what you're doing is right. Absolutely. You have to be able to live with yourself. And I think, especially when you have two parents who have to work, Sometimes a program like this is is awesome to get your kid involved in it. And you're going to learn something. You're going to learn either you love law enforcement or you don't love law enforcement, but you'll learn something. Absolutely. And that's important to make it happen. So how does that, how does the cadet program compare to the other program with the... The Explorers? Yeah. The cadet program, the explorers, basically the explorers were under the Boy Scouts of America. The cadet program is underneath the public safety cadets. Basically the same exact type of program. We go to the same competitions. We do the same things. Um, and there's no, there's, there's, there's bleed over from both. They both run the same. It's just who runs it. We're no longer under the Boy Scouts of America. We're now under the public safety cadets. Well, what about the junior police officer? How does well, it compare? Uh, I see. The junior police officer is more for those younger kids to help teach them, just teach them little safety messages and safety things. The cadet program is truly to prepare a young individual for a career or for adulthood. Any career, though, it sounds Absolutely, like. Absolutely, any career. Yep. They're going to learn skills that are going to make them successful no matter what they decide to do do you have a, a makeshift oral board situation that you put them on so when they're applying for a job they're like not sweating as much <laughs> so we actually put them we put their feet to the fire right away um, to become a cadet you actually go through an application process just like you do for a job okay they get a packet they have to fill out it's an application it goes through information that asks their background and information about them about any work and things like that then they come in and they actually have to do an oral board to become a cadet okay so that how many people sit on the board uh, generally it's three two three to three Okay. Um, usually it'll be a couple mentors and then we'll bring in one of our sen senior cadets. That's when the leadership of the cadet unit and they'll sit on it as well. And then they get graded on their oral board. And then afterwards we can then give them feedback of how they can improve. So that's the first thing they do is they actually have to go through an application process to become a cadet. That sounds like something every child should be involved with. I absolutely believe every child should be involved one way or another just to just to even go through the process to learn how it works. Yeah, and the safety skills, the CPR, the you know, all of that. First aid. 
Absolutely. There's there's tons of skills they're going to learn that are going to just help them for years and years. So if they're learning CPR and first aid from you, do they get, is it accredited? So I happen to be an American Heart Instructor for CPR with so my they, background and everything. So yes, if they want a, a CPR card, we can do the course where they get a CPR card. That's awesome. And how young can you be to be a part of that? You, you have to be 14 years old to become a public safety cadet. That's amazing. Oh, it's a great program. They didn't have stuff like this when I was in school. They had Sister Mary Joseph. Well, no, and this is just one of those outreaches we were talking before the show of just getting kids involved in something of interest. You know, it used to be just sports in, in school and right. maybe some some musical and art outlets. It's it's really trying to reach as many kids as possible because not everybody has that same, they don't fit into the same pattern as everybody else. And so this is just another outlet for kids to get involved and to have something Positive. To fill that that free time, yeah, something you know that positive. we're that we're looking for. Absolutely, it's it's an awesome program, and I commend you for doing that. So, did they have that type of program when you were an officer in the school? No, we we did not have an explorer program when we uh, when I was a school resource officer, or at least it hadn't started yet. I believe it started um, for Oral Valley in the late '90s after I had left uh, CDO High School the first time uh, from doing that. Um, but then it was full. Once we got it started, we've tried to have the school resource officers be those outlets because um, that's the ground where you can really get that information out there. Um, kind of a recruiting ground, if you will, having the school resource officers involved in the cadet program, they're able to find those those kids and uh, that are interested and let them know about this this outlet. Yeah, so if people don't know about it, they, they need to investigate and find out. Yeah, again, I'd just like to add from a from a parent's perspective of someone who had some uh, who had a child in the program, some of my son's closest friends now are people are, are young men and women he met in the Explorer program. And having them as friends and having been through the same experiences and having a, you know, a, a positive outlook and those kind of things is, again, I think it helped form him as a young adult. And um, I can't say enough about the impact. I thought, what a great partner. Earlier we talked about, you know, parents and, and you guys partnering together. The, the, this cadet or explorer program at that time is a perfect example of how that works as well. Yeah, sometimes your parent can tell you something over and over and over again, and it doesn't click until somebody outside says the same thing, and you're going, oh, okay, I get it. So, And, and it makes a difference when it's a mentor or someone that you truly trust exactly. that comes to you, and you're like, and they say to you, yeah, my mom and dad told me that hundreds of times. I'm like, well, you know what? You're hearing from me now, and they're like, okay, I'm going to listen now. Yeah, you, you probably hear that, but the kids never come home and tell the parents oh, you know, of the officer told me the same thing that you've been telling me all this time we don't you were right. we don't get that side of it yeah <laughs> on the 4th of september we're going to have um a college counselor come in and talk to kids about or talk on the radio about how to apply for college and what you need to do to prepare before you're a senior so if you've got any you know resources that you think would be able to use this information have them tune in and we'll op- also have an outline of what they need to do on our website. And I think that's important too because I've seen so many times kids at the last minute scrambling because they want to get into a college and they didn't do step by step. And it's so much easier to prepare than it is to scramble. 
Absolutely. And what's interesting is I would say most of our cadets that stay in the program up until they're going to college, almost all of them come to us for letters of recommendation. Mm -hmm. They come to us for how many service hours have they done, because those are critical for college applications to show what you've done in the community. And our cadets get to serve in the community. They don't just come and train. They come and they help at football games and they help with traffic control. They help at graduations. Our cadets are actually serving our community and they're helping our community. And that's one of the reasons we really love supporting the cadets and doing the cadets is because they get involved in our community and they're helpful in Oro Valley significantly. And they're very visible. I've met, well, they were explorers then, but I met some of them. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing young men and women. And again, I'll just add that my when my son was applying to college, he had one of the counselors from the Explorer program at that time write him a letter of recommendation for college, which she did. And we offer an internship program on this radio show, in case anybody's interested in that. It's like 45 hours plus, minimum 45 hours. But they'll get exposed to a lot of different things on this radio show, too. And if anybody's interested in communications, PIO, whatever, law enforcement, we have MALA. So, <laughs> so Rich, what are you doing? Words of wisdom. We're almost off the air. Well, I, I would like to ask, uh, I, I, we're probably going to get questions about where can we see these videos. So when we were in the break, you kind of explained why that is. you mind spending just a couple seconds explaining why we can't make them available to our listeners? Right. Well, one of the big things is I need to protect the privacy of my students and the staff. Um, I don't have a waiver for every single person at the school to say that they can be, you know, in the public viewing. So that's one of the reasons those videos are kept private. Um, They only can be seen if you have the links. So only the staff members, students, and parents get, get access to those links. Okay. That's smart. That's protecting your kids. That's exactly right. So, words of wisdom. Well, we just want to make sure the public realizes that our school resource officers are not just there for the law enforcement end. It really is that that full support of the uh, school community that includes students, teachers, parents, the neighborhood around the school. Um, that's the importance of the school resource officer program. I think it's amazing. I'm, I'm really happy that they started doing this. They should have done it when I was in school. I would have been the poster child for why they did it. Words of wisdom. My biggest word of wisdom that I'd like to give out is remember, as a school resource officer, any police officer, we're members of the community. We're just like every other person in the community. We're brothers, we're fathers, we're mothers, we're sisters, we're family members. Absolutely. We are just like you. We're members of the community, and we love the community, and that's why we serve the community. And if you want to be a law enforcement officer, are you guys hiring? We are. Yes. We are hiring right now. Okay. Get on the on their website or yeah, Valley, town of Oro Valley website. Uh, go to the uh, police department uh, page. Okay. Until next week, shop local, stay safe. Hi, this is Rich asking you to tune into Law Matters Live Show next Saturday. ATF retired Special Agent Mark Russin talks about his career. We can't do these shows without your help. Please go to lawmatters1030.org to make a tax-deductible contribution to support the mission of opening the lines of communication between law enforcement and you. Law Matters airs every Saturday morning at 8, and our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org.